What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast that's presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Mitch Oliver, and with me, I always have... Uh, Bone Thugs and Boozy. Bone Thugs and Boozy. It sounds delicious. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we have no Kyle today, but we have a very special episode planned, and uh, so this is going to be, I think this will be our third our third official Druidtan Kickstarter backer episodes where we had some really lovely giving people who are offered to help us out with their wallets and uh, help us get our film made and everything. And one of those people is none other than Big L from New York City. How's it going, Elio? Hey, guys. What's up? How's it going? Going great, especially better now that you're here. I know. Where's where's your New York accent? I, I I don't have one. I grew up in the suburbs outside of New York City, and despite my family being from Queens, that accent right. is very loose nothing. on me. I got nothing. Nothing. So you don't even got a Queens Does do your parents have a Queens accent? My bad. dad, my dad, one hundred percent is the most generic Italian man from Queens you could possibly oh, yes. imagine. Loves the Yankees. No, yeah. not the no, no, no Mets. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, it's I a forgot. fucking Mets. <laughs> yeah, you, I forgot I'm on a podcast with some fucking Canadians. That's exactly so. it. And New York is so like, I've never been to New York, uh, but it's on my bucket list. I know you and I, we've talked about it. I'm going to eventually get down there for a visit. And you're going to show me, show me around. Uh, yeah, I'll show you the sights. Yeah, but it'll have to be once uh, the world calms down because New York's one of the places that's been hit hardest, I think, like out of everywhere. But understandably, there's so many fucking people there. Yeah, I think we finally peaked again with COVID, um, where the numbers are starting to stabilize. But like, you two know this, uh, the audience does not know this. I'm a New York City public school teacher in the Bronx. And literally, the past two weeks at work have been insane. Like we have 300 kids in our building and 220 of them were absent. Um, Out of the 27 teachers we had for like two straight weeks, we had like 16 absent on average. It was absolutely insane. That's fucking so sad. And I feel bad following it up with a a comment (laughs) like this, but I can't help but picture you as like a Michelle Pfeiffer type character in Dangerous Minds. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that. But instead of Michelle Pfeiffer, just think of a tubby Italian man never leaving his apartment. And that's what movie that is. Oh, no. So you're not the leather jacket cool teacher that's going to get the rough kids back on track? Um, if Imagine that, but a nerd, they all make fun of for being a nerd, but they kind of love them anyway. That's my teaching role. Okay. Those are the teachers that I always like the most anyways. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get moving on with this episode. We got lots of stuff to talk about. I know Elio's got some really exciting things to share with us. Uh, I believe I've even asked you, I don't know if you ended up doing it, but I told you to prepare your own little top 10 if you wanted to share uh, some movies. But before we get into all that, I just want to say that we're going to be covering Elio's pick this week, VHS 94, uh, which is a film that was released in 2021. And it was featured on Boozy's top 10 of the year. And I believe that was like in your top five, wasn't it Boozy? It was pretty high. I think it was number four, if I'm remembering correct. Mambo number four, yeah. yeah. But uh, so before we get on to what we've been seeing and all of our normal regular shenanigans, do you guys want to hear a word from our sponsors out there in New York? Do you love hearing from Conexus I, Credit Union? I know Elio wants I to. do love hearing from the Credit Union of Canada. It makes me feel like I don't live here. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Conexus. 
Connexus Credit Union is all about their members. Improving their financial well-being drives everything they do. And that's not just something they say. It's a promise that's delivered by over 900 employees across Saskatchewan. Their employees are members too, and they've been there. So they're committed to making your money work for you. The banking industry needs to change, and Conexus is changing it for everyone because Conexus cares. Visit Conexus.ca to learn more. Now we can just get on with the show. So yeah, we got Elio all the way from New York City. Did you, That was a pretty funny joke, hey? The Saturday Night Live thing? <laughs> Live from New York City. I oh, know. I just, I don't know the context of it. You've never seen Saturday Night Live? Good. Don't watch it. I, I, I don't I don't like Saturday Night Live. I think I tried. It's bad. I loved it back in the day. Honestly, but... I'd rather watch reruns of Mad TV. Thank you. Oh, well, better show. Will Sasso, Vancouver boy. Better show. Um, well, yeah, like we said, we're going to be talking about VHS 94 today. But before that, <clears throat> I just want to give you, I know I've already talked to you about this and everything, Elio, but thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping out with our film. Uh, you have no idea how much it means and how it was people like you that were able to get us on the track to being able to do it some really exciting things have happened even this week like this has been the most eventful week for the film since we wrapped uh because we're getting the color grading done we just got our score completed it's getting really really exciting so i'm very excited to show you uh what you helped what you helped us create yeah for sure i mean i'm like the least educated film fan in the entire world i don't know what anything with film means i just know i like watching movies and with how I listen to all of you guys talk on the show, watching Jesse and his work on Twitter and the band and everything like that. I knew that the movie was going to be cool. So when you guys made the Kickstarter and was like, oh, you can support this in a little bit. I'm all about that DIY work ethic. So I was like, absolutely have to back this and help my homies out. Hell yeah. So I'm Thank, very excited. Thanks so much, dude. Really, really appreciate that. And um, speaking of being a like you, you you were almost a regular host on our boys podcast eerie international because uh i don't know if they've done it. it it's been a little while since they've done the first 20 minutes where it's just emails from you and micah and uh bryson um yeah but yeah you're that's kind of how i think we came on your radar because you were a fan of eerie and uh it's just really cool how we just kind of make all these connections all around the world yeah it was eerie for a long time i remember when i first got i Found out about Erie because I'm a diehard wrestling fan, which is why I think Boozy and I hit it off on Twitter and all of that. But um, <laughs> I'm a diehard wrestling fan. Erie is on a on a podcast network that's primarily for a wrestling show. And um, within the first two or three weeks of listening to Erie, they were talking about their little brothers, The Terror Table. And I listened to your episode. I think it was you guys, unless Erie did it. One of you guys did an episode on that John Boyega film, the... Uh, alien horror one if it was oh called. attack the um, block attack the yeah. block and that i think that was you guys yeah. that was my first episode yeah. of the oh damn so you've been around since the diego days yeah that was a diego pick yeah, yeah. shout out diego well, it's funny when i was like thinking about because i didn't come up with the top 10 list which is too many movies to figure out and i never watch anything when it comes out but i was like oh maybe i'll fill the diego role because i watch anime and play video games and i don't think you guys have talked about video no. games since diego left. yeah i would well we, it's been very few and far between like i i just play the big blockbuster games like uh like last of us and stuff like that those are the ones that i really mm -hmm. talk about on the show but yeah i'd love to hear that but uh before you start telling us about all that kind of fun stuff you're going to be promoting uh the release of is it going to be an ep so it's actually only two songs okay um so I have something coming out. This is going to come out next week. So this is something coming out in a couple of days or today even. I don't know when the episode drops. 
Um, uh, two we can plan it around that. Okay, whenever it comes out. But I'm dropping two songs. Um, one called one is called Jawbreaker, and the other one is called Strawberry Wings. Um, it was supposed to be on a split with a bunch of old bandmates of mine, but because of logistics, it never came out. So I'm just gonna put it out myself. Um, cool. But it's the first two full band knife throat tracks. Um, I've told Mitch before, and I'm sure Boozy has seen. I've been in bands forever. Um, I'm 28, and I've been playing in bands since I was like 14. And this is the newest project of mine is called Knife Throat. It started as like an acoustic demo that I recorded in my girlfriend's brother's bedroom during the pandemic, just so I could do something to keep me busy during the pandemic and get my thoughts out there. And then um, these two tracks that I recorded or that are coming out were actually totally done remotely. So it's two tracks that um, I did the acoustic guitar and the vocals for, and then the bass, the trombone, the female, the um, backing vocals and the drums were all recorded all over the state of New Jersey and New York from different people in different bands that I'm friends with to help me put out a full band track. That's so awesome, man. I'm pretty so it's a New York collab is what you're New saying. York, New Jersey, tri-state area collab, yeah. Hell yeah. Right. And it's kind of like folk punk type kind of vibe. I listened to the songs, yeah. by the way. I know I'm so oh. bad at getting back to you, but uh, yeah, I did listen to the songs and they sounded fucking wicked. So we'll let you, you'll be able to choose which one you want us to play at the end of this episode. And we're going to be uh, doing a little soft premiere. Ooh, I'm very excited. A yeah. premiere. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's folk punk, pop punk. So literally the funny thing that I get made fun of for everybody is no matter how hard I try, everything I put out is just a pop punk song. Um, I grew up listening to like Four Years Strong, Blink-182, The Wonder Years, all those yeah. types of bands. And I was obsessed with them in high school and then college and throughout that. So no matter what type of music I try to write, even with the fact that I'm using an acoustic guitar now, now it just sounds like pop punk. Oh yeah. So and it's in the lyrical sensibilities too. That's uh Oh yeah, forget it. I I could write one style of lyrics. Oh man, I'm, I I grew up with the same kind of stuff. Obviously, I. You should write more lyrics about teaching. yeah. Surprisingly, there's... don't talk about teaching. Isn't that weird? See, that's there's like no subcategory of teaching music. You could you could be teacher core. Oh, that's a good idea. That could be like my gimmick. Instead of like easy core, you just do like your own like teacher yeah. core. <laughs> yeah, I mean the two songs that I'm putting out um, are definitely two of my more random ones lyrically. Uh, Jawbreaker is all about TMJ, which I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like when you grind your teeth when you sleep. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. There was literally a, my TMJ got so bad uh, during the pandemic. There was like a two week period where I couldn't speak because my jaw, yeah, my jaw just wasn't working. So I, driving to and from my girlfriend's house, barely able to talk. I wrote all the lyrics about it in my car. So I was like, you know, I can write a song about this and how talking doesn't matter. Nobody wants to hear it. And then um, the other song, Strawberry Wings is this is where I get a little Diego on both of you, is um, there's a video game called Celeste that came out a handful of years ago. And it was like my go-to thing during the pandemic. I downloaded it. It was super addictive. I played it for like literally two weeks straight. So I wrote a song about it. Hell yeah. That's, yeah, that's like awesome, that. man. Write what you know. Yeah, yeah. Like teaching. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, Blink-182 still writing songs about the prom. Like it'd be a lot more interesting if Mark Hoppus was writing songs about, you know, dad life or... Yeah, my Mark, quit going yeah, to the prom. It's time for you guys to stop going. Would it be prom. weird if your dad showed up at the prom? Would he be dropping you off, or would he be like in the prom king photos? He'd be in the prom king photos for sure, and he'd be have his tongue out on a fifteen-year-old probably. 
they'd be like dad why are you dressed up it's like oh i just happened to be dressed up for this occasion he's either wearing he's always wearing like nothing at all or a suit it could be both it could be just like the suit the jacket dress shirt no, or that's even better yeah, that's totally travis barker well awesome man yeah no we'll be playing one of those songs at the very end but let's uh let's get talking horror movies let's uh get this discussion going so i know the three of us all had a chance to see the latest installment in the scream franchise but uh do you guys want to kick off with that as a group review and then kind of go around doing a bunch of shit or how do you guys want to do this safe you want to do that first yeah we can do that all right so um i guess i will let our guest of honor go first but yeah everyone especially if you're listening to this podcast like a horror movie podcast you're well aware that there's a new Scream film out and it was directed by the Radio Silence guys. I believe they're not going by Radio Silence for this movie, but they had previously done uh, Ready or Not, which is a really solid slasher film. But it's Matt Be- Matt Bet- Bettinelli, Olpen, and Tyler Gillett. Uh, and then it was written by, I have, oh God, I don't know why I screwed this up. James Vanderbilt, who's the homie who, like he was a writer and a producer on Zodiac, which is crazy. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah like, very cool. Very, very good writer. And uh, yeah, Guy Busick and obviously the characters created by Kevin Williamson. So uh, it's a tale as old as time. It's a Scream movie. Elio, what are your thoughts? So I have to say, you two dragged me into a movie theater for the first time since the pandemic happened. So this is like my first traditional movie experience in like two and a half years. Wow to go see scream which i mean it's good because i should have seen it anyway yeah you risked your life but, uh, scream. Worth it. I, I and i would do it again that's my review for it i would definitely risk my life again to see scream so you loved it um i loved it it was fun i mean it's screams one of my favorite franchises uh the first one is by far one of the most pivotal horror movies for me i had i was i was born in 93 and it came out in what 90, 96 96 so i was like three years old when it came out but I had an older cousin who used to show like play it in his living room all the time. And it was, I would only catch clips and glimpses and he used to chase me around with a ghost face mask. So it was like, it was terrifying and I was terrified of it, but it was always a part of my life. And um, I love the, the franchise. It has its ups and downs. Um, I definitely think it has its weaker moments. And I did like this one. I thought, and this might just be me. I'm curious what you two think. It was a little too meta for my taste. Um, only one scene in particular left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, I don't know if we're gonna do. You can't do any spoilers. Have... That's like okay. I, I was. Uh, I was surprised because when I had initially told you that Boozy and I will have seen it, so we we're gonna be talking, and you're like, "I can't go to the movie theater," and I wasn't like, "Go to the movie theater, man." So I want to get that out. <laughs> of it, we, I guess, you decided to go on your own, but I wasn't like, "You gotta see it before this next episode. Risk your life." So. Mitch bullied me to go yes. to the movies. Um, now, there's only one scene that was a little, little too meta for me. That was a little too on the nose where I was like, okay, is this for the general audience who's going to watch this? Or like, do you only have to really be into horror movies to appreciate it? Which is like, I get it. Yeah. Because Scream's a horror franchise and it's for people that really appreciate horror movies. But one of my favorite parts about Scream is that it's a horror movie, and this counts for all four of them, that you can show to non-horror fans and they can appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I I, I think so. Uh, particularly the first one, I think, because like 
like you had said, like Scream was my real gateway into horror and everything. Same exact same story that you have. My cousins would watch it and uh, I, I got into it, but it was the one that introduced me to titles like Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, all that kind of stuff. So it was massive for me. Uh, so, but I was also like seven years old when I saw it. So it's weird that it's like, I still feel like that's a good gateway movie because they will talk about a lot of horror movies. I say, I think I see where you're coming from, uh, but we'll have to talk after we end the recording. So I want to hear what part you're talking about, because I definitely yeah, want to do no spoilers here because there's a lot of people who are in places like you're at and uh, there are places that are, you know, riddled with COVID right now. And it's just not worth it to risk going out. So I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. So um, yeah, we'll talk after the mic wraps up. Perfect. Because I'm very curious about your two's opinion on it. Yeah. A boozy. Thoughts? Um, I'm just going to guess that the scene Elio's talking about is where they dig up Wes Craven's body <laughs> and they show him the entire movie and they're just like, look, look what yeah. we did for you. And yeah, and they just wait for a response, but obviously he's dead, so he doesn't, you know. Um, anyway, I really, I really liked this one. I think it was a lot of fun. I will agree with Elio. There is, and I know it's supposed to be because it's a Scream franchise, but I feel like they got really heavy-handed with it with, in, in a way that... Um, kind of kind of takes me out of it but i i really enjoyed it i don't know um i i think that the reveal was awesome i think the actual the whole ending itself was a lot of fun and took taking it back to kind of the roots of the franchise so i don't know it's it just kind of watching that franchise and i know we always say it about halloween how it's like how can they do more to this is uh, that's what i was wondering going into this is like how much more can you get out of that franchise not because it's not a cool idea that like it's always somebody different but it's just like how many more people from the original can you extend to try and, you know, have people get murdered? Yeah. It's like, uh, this is so-and-so's third cousin who uh, decided that they're going to the be fourth Ghostface yeah. now. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, but like, I, I think it was great. Um, I think the, the twist was... I don't know as it was happening I think this might be the scene Elio's talking about is as this twist is happening you're like why are you doing that <laughs> uh, that's th yeah so anyway that's how I thought. yeah and I think so I already had mentioned Scream is a foundational movie for me and this film this franchise I I love the franchise I went back and revisited all of them as I always do when uh, at least yearly or and whatnot and I made it very clear on this podcast I'm not a fan of four and I know Elio, you're you're a fan of four as well. Um, I just will report before I even start talking about this one. I've really come around on four in a lot of ways. I still think it is my second least favorite. But the thing is, I like all these movies. Like I Scream Three to me is the worst one, like easy. And I still like Scream Three. Three. What did What did you find in four this time that really did it for you? Did anything? I, I think uh, there. It's guilty, like how you guys are talking about all this, like how it's uh, Scream 5 was a little too meta. I feel like I feel that way about 4, and I still feel that way. I thought the reveal was fucking dumb as hell in 4, but the thing is, they're kind of silly in all of them. Like, I, you know, I, I love Scream 2, and like that movie has one of the most bizarre reveals because you have to imagine Billy Loomis's mom running around in a ghost face mask slaughtering people, and it's kind of goofy. But at the same time, it's like, that's clearly an ode to Friday the 13th, and that's kind of part of how like I, I like that goofy wackiness of that one and uh, I do feel like they just progressively were getting a little goofier each time but I think 
that's just what this franchise is like the first one is a perfect movie to me like it's it's flawless i love that film and uh i fucking loved scream five uh i think i'm a little it's one of those things where i got a little bit of a bias towards it because of how much i love the original and it kind of i give it a pass on a lot of things that normally i would probably be picky about like you know i think that this this franchise like you guys both said like uh, i can understand why the over it being so overly meta was like a little too much for you but i didn't feel that way at all just because it's kind of what i've come to expect from this franchise and i think it's also since they're talking about a lot more current movies that we are well like really well versed in especially as a horror podcast or like you know dedicate so much time to watching and consuming all these new movies um it's gonna automatically just feel a little jarring when you're hearing them talk about the babadook and hereditary and stuff like that but I, I loved, man, I loved every, uh, all this movie. Uh, my, if I had any real complaints, it's that they got rid of some of the more interesting characters a little too quick, I thought. Uh, there was a couple that, but, you know, at the same time, that's what made their kills hurt. I think Ghostface was more savage than ever in this movie. Uh, Very. He really went for the, like, upper, like, the yeah, face and the neck I've, this time. He was less interested in your guts. I cried in this movie, and I was not expecting that. Like, I was tearing up hard, uh, and it's... I don't even know if people would know what part it's at, just because it's like, you know, the, this is very much the Force Awakens of Scream movies. It is, and they they reference that multiple times. They do the whole requel thing, and I can understand how that formula could get really boring for some people, because it's like, all we've been getting recently is movies like The Force Awakens, or like you, you know the what's it called they're just bringing back all the the older characters and being like we're gonna like this movie's the exact same movie as scream one like it, it follows pretty much the exact same mm-hmm. formula so normally that would be something that would kind of irk me but to me it's like this is like i like this so much i'm so happy that i like this i was i was hesitant because of how i feel about the later halloween movies like to 2018 and kills like i i don't hate them by any means but i just didn't love them the way that I wanted to like this movie fucking nailed it for me like I just had such a fun time with it I thought it was really funny when it was meant to be and it was really heartbreaking when it was meant to be and it was nice it's just always nice seeing the gang on screen again and uh it's one that I I think I want to I've been just dying to see it again I want to go see it again but it's just not super easy to go to movies here so I'm like kind of waiting for it to get released or go, go to streaming or something like that. Cause I can't wait to watch this one again. But I think as of right now, I still say scream one and two are my favorites and this one's right up next. Uh, but I think it might surpass two on, on another watch. I, I just fucking loved um, it. And all the way, I don't know if that was a dig on like all the, the Wes Craven love, but I loved all of that because like that man, him and Kevin Williamson, there, there's so many nods to, what those two created with that that original film and how it still has legs i like how they're not retconning any of the other movies they're they're acknowledging them and they're carrying on from it it doesn't do absolutely anything new but fuck i loved it loved it do do we agree that just got now carrying on from a moment that i cut just to be safe out of spoilers (laughs) so i'm just going to make reference to it but there is something in this movie that I think in any other franchise, I'd be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, this is ridiculous. But it worked really well for me. I thought it was really funny and a nice nod to to the Ridge and some of the characters that we don't get to see all the time anymore. But yeah, great movie. I, I loved it. And shout out pop punk music being back in teen horror movies. 
there's alkaline trio salem's at the end like that salem track made me jump i, I was know. so pumped when i heard that yeah at first i was like because it's the same singer as creeper so i was like is that creeper or not salem and yeah i love both those bands i love those bands and yeah it was a really I, heartwarming for a scream movie i i think this one did a really good job because by the tail end of the movie i was really invested in the new cast yeah and wanted more from them like i was so happy that the old guard was there that all old characters a bunch of old characters were there but part of me was like okay like go to the side i want to see these new people i want to see what they've got going on i think they they did a good job of making you care about them with the new cast where it wasn't like oh here's some generic archetypes that are going to get slashed and you're just looking forward to that yeah and i think that's actually so you had asked was like what made me like scream for more this time around i think that's one thing i appreciated more is uh the characters there's some really solid characters in scream 4 like rory calkin's great in it um and uh yeah i don't know i'm just not an emma roberts fan so that's an immediate kind of stain for me just because the movie relies around or revolves around her i stand behind um kirby what's her name hayden panettiere oh in yeah. That movie. yeah she's great i think she's solid yeah there's some really solid twists and turns in that one um i think it's just it also like that movie just kind of annoys me sometimes because the energy is so fucking rank like i don't it's different than the other movies like to me it's louder and more obnoxious and i think that's kind of what i don't like about it but at the same time it was for a different generation it just didn't connect with me on first watch but uh, i definitely enjoyed it more this time around so yeah it sounds like three positive reviews for scream five yeah i think that's definitely some several positive reviews also can we comment on how sexy Dylan Minnette is? Are you a Dylan Minnette boy? Which one's oh, he's the machine gun Kelly in this one? He he's like the most attractive. Yeah, the blonde one. hair. Yeah, the blonde hair. He's got he's got weird eyes. I don't know. I don't trust him. Yeah. I just have to say they tried to they did him dirty with that hair. I don't know what the fuck they were trying to do on that well, it's, one. Machine gun Kelly. Yeah, it's the reference to, you know, and also I'm 31 and I did it this year. So I can't. <laughs> But it was like dirty blonde. He just it was just like this weird dirty blonde thing up here. It wasn't even like fully committed. You at least committed yeah. to it. He he was the alt boy. Yeah. <laughs> he totally was the alt boy. And speaking of also Everyone Kyle Kyle Golner is a guy who I've really come around on. He's the kid from Hunting in Connecticut and he plays like when the movie when the trailers first came out. I I don't even want to speculate cuz I don't want to ruin anything for anyone, but I thought when I saw him in the trailer, I was like, "Oh, he's for sure this person's son." like someone for a legacy character he's like really greasy and you know who i'm talking about mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. yeah I, I fucking love that guy now um but yeah the yeah i just thought it was great i uh, can't wait to see it again and i'm sure i'm gonna think of something later that i should have said but let's move on let's uh start talking about some other flicks uh ellie you you want to hit us up with a game or movie or anything like that um yeah like i said i watch horror movies very randomly and all over the place um so like i never really try to jump to what's coming out in 2021 2020 2022 whenever the years are out um but i did just recently watch censor um and i watched it not only because it was on all of your lists or i know it was on kyle it was on on... honorable mention for me yep and i loved it i thought it was really good um really good performances that were like really haunting and the last like 10 minutes in particularly in particular had me on the edge of my seat yeah it's pretty crazy where um yeah i could not like once i realized what was happening and it kind of hit me i was like oh i get what's going on this is sick so like that was really good and sensor really had a good um 
place in my heart. So I enjoyed that watch. Um, I watched a Shutter original or Shutter exclusive, whatever they call them, um, for the sake of Vicious. Okay. That just came out on Shutter. I have not seen that one. Um, it came out maybe two weeks ago on Shutter, and I think it's Canadian. So good for you boys. Oh. Um, but we'll take credit yeah, for you. that. Yeah, sure. Um, it was if hey, if it's any sense on how Mitch's movie is going to be, it's going to be a good thing. Canadians put out quality films. Hell yeah. Um, so this one is a twist on a home invasion movie. I don't want to go. Um, I don't want to go too much into this it. Looks but great. Think, yeah, think of the strangers mixed with the raid. Yeah, I'm gonna watch this Ooh. tonight. I can't believe I it, I haven't opened up my Shutter app in like a couple of weeks, obviously. So yeah, I. Yeah, you need to be watching the Boulets. Yeah, the bu- actually, since both of you have Shutter, get on the Boulet Brothers season four. That's some. Good I saw shit the first right couple episodes of it on YouTube, but like, uh, no, this for the sake of vicious, like the poster's rad. I love the synopsis. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it's nothing revolutionary, nothing crazy, but it's got a good aesthetic. It's got a good twist to it. And like once shit gets going, like especially around like the 35, 40 minute mark, it doesn't slow down until the end. Awesome. Which was cool. Um, so that was really cool. I'm rewatching Scream with my girlfriend, which is a fun way to look at Has it. She's seen Scream before? No, she hates horror movies. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Um, she she's gonna love the whole series. <laughs> she hates most movies. Uh, she is not a movie person, uh, which is fun because whenever I find a movie she's into, I feel accomplished. Yes. But um, she we watched the original Scream at a Halloween party that I had this year, and she was into it. She thought it was good, and I was like, all right, check out Scream Two. So it was my second rewatch of Scream Two, um, or not my second rewatch, like my tenth rewatch of Scream Two. But what I found funny because it was her first time watching it she forgot all about the second killer at the end of the movie so i forget his name but you know how it's like billy loomis yeah and timothy oliphant and timothy oliphant she forgot he was a character oh yeah so like he pulled off his mask and he's like oh it's me she was like wait who is this yeah i'm like wait you don't remember (laughs) oh man i have that same complaint for another scream movie Ooh, I'm excited to talk to you possibly off air about that because I might have I might have similar um, conversations yeah. to have with you. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no. It, so that's that's awesome though. Did she? So she lo- she liked Scream One. She liked Scream One. Admitted that it was a good movie, but she was terrified to tell me because she didn't want, want it to go to my head. Yeah. Um, but she definitely enjoyed Scream One, and she liked Scream Two also. It, like I said, it's meta enough where like for her. She was cracking up over the fact that the movie started and she was like, is that Jada Pinkett Smith? And I'm like, yes. yeah, I get it. Because like in the first yeah. one, they have Drew Barrymore and she's huge. And she goes, okay, I get it. And then she actually was cracking up at the um, stab, the stab clips. Oh, they're, they're the so funny. Like with Luke Wilson doing like, tell me. <laughs> You're not so, gonna... Yeah, that, that's what cracked both of <laughs> oh, us up. So they're good. like hysterically laughing. Yeah. So it was definitely good and i'm gonna probably show her three this week and then four and we'll see how it goes you but um you know what the one, one thing i didn't mention when we were talking about screen before though is like there's so many things that the original has that this none of the sequels do and keep in mind i enjoy all the sequels but the one major thing that the other sequels are missing is the raw sexual energy between billy and sydney like those scenes are so fucking horny every time i watch it i forget i'm like god damn like it is those scenes are so horny you know what i mean I know what you're saying. I thought you were going to say Billy and Stu, and I was like, hell that yeah, well, that's what though. we need. Yeah. I love <laughs> that new theory that, well, I guess it's not new, but there's the theory that they were lovers. 
Yeah, and now all the cast members are like, yeah, that would make sense. They yeah, do makes that. total sense. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else I've been into recently. Um, also, this shout year, out I the Creed oh. poster in Sydney's room in Scream 3. Fake Sydney's room. Because they're on the movie There's set of Stab. Poster? They're on the movie set of Stab 3. And in Sydney's set room. So not real Sydney. There's a Creed poster. The movie also opens with Creed. So that alone. Which song? Oh, God. I can't even remember. I only, I only know is the Is it hits, like man. a deep cut? or is It, like it was something off ones. Human Clay. I like that you, can, you can say that, but you can't tell me which song. Yo, I, it's did you see Scott Stepp is headlining a day at a tour, uh, festival? <laughs> what? Scott, Scott Stepp. Like, uh, I posted it on Instagram today, but there's like this like new rock festival. It's like, you know, everyone's getting all hyped for uh, when we were young fest. Admittedly, like rightfully so. It looks like a fucking banger time. Um, but Honeymoon Rock Fest. It's Puddle of Mud, Fuel. Eve six, Weedus. I was about to say, is the puddle of mud guy gonna be there? Now keep this up. Next, so that's Friday, Saturday. Scott Stepp, Saliva, Power Man five thousand. Uh, Sunday, Sugar Ray, Everclear, and I don't even know the other ones. Thank God. But yeah, didn't didn't the puddle of mud guy kill someone? Isn't that something that happened? Uh, I assume so, man. There's so many clips of him just being a psycho online. His Nirvana cover is like one of the greatest <laughs> things in the world. Okay, I know I don't want to like spend a ton of time mentioning it, but I just have to quickly because nobody's mentioned it at all that we were young or whatever that festival. How did Kitty get on that lineup? I didn't even like, see him. Way at the lineup. bottom, Kitty is there. Oh, I didn't even notice that. There's so many. I think Smash Mouth is also on that. Well, like line. Smash no. Mouth, I get, but like bottom right, Kitty is there. Because I was looking and gonna be a downer and be like, I only would go for Glass Jaw and Kitty. Fuck you guys. So let's be let's um make our bets now. Is the festival gonna happen? Yes or no? No. no. Yeah, it's not happening. No, no way. Also, but... logistically, it's only one day. How how many oh, fans? God. How long could you play? Like it would be like. It's, two songs and then there's three well there's three stages that's what that's what's making me think it's not going to end up being great because it's going to be like warp tour where yeah, you're going to miss gonna... like they'll be like fucking mcr will be playing at the same time as fucking avril lavigne someone else you want to see also shout out new avril lavigne tracks because they're sick <laughs> yeah they're good travis barker produced all of them yep. that's why they rock oh man there's so many i didn't even notice that were on here like nessa barrett i actually like her Atreyu is in like smallest font. Yeah. The the main reason I want to go is Armor for Sleep. Like I to me they're yeah, like, I can't believe they're on that. Yeah, they're the goat emo band that like they're the unsung they, heroes of the emo generation. They played at my college. Are you serious? Really? I've never seen them, and I, that I truthfully think that that uh, their one album is like the best emo album ever made. Also, looking at that were, bill, how the fuck did Chiodos not get on there? I don't think they're a band yeah, they're any, because Craig Owens is doing um drugs now. Yeah, not like he's doing drugs. <laughs> I thought drugs was done. I thought dr- I forgot drugs was a band. <laughs> Craig Owens is doing drugs now. <laughs> like spoiler alert, man! Everyone on this bill is doing drugs. <laughs> he never stopped. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't think he ever stopped. The starting line, fuck. Boys like girls. Shout out to a band that should have never existed. <laughs> That guy sucks. That guy's the oh douche. right. I think I've heard. Isn't he? He's a creeper. Oh I, of yeah, it's either he's a creeper. He's in boys like girls. Um, wasn't the one dude from Wonder Years recently can canceled? No, a day to remember. Though? A day to remember. A day to remember got canceled. No, just the bass player. It, oh. The bass player killed. Actually, killed somebody. Did he? Like, like with a vehicle or like physically? No, like a vehicle. Oh, okay, like I don't Matthew consider Broderick that the same. Style. Like, yeah, it's not. The, it's not just like. 
I could go kill someone right now. <laughs> well, don't, don't do that. We need you for the podcast. Exactly. Get Tanner, go kill somebody. But I have a, I have a list of names. If uh, if if you're ever getting the urge, <laughs> I can I can help you come up. With a list. Send me that list, and if they're ever walking across the street and I'm slowing down yes. for like a red, I'll just be like, oh. Frick, I'm, I'm just picturing I'm picturing you with that list that I give you and being like Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison <laughs> and like putting lipstick on and crossing names off. <laughs> okay, where were we? I'm sorry. I don't know. Oh, we're talking about movies, I oh, think. Creed, Scream 3. And I, this all came from Scream 3 and Sydney having a Creed poster in her room. It was like automatic loses automatically loses points. Sydney would never listen to Creed. She only listens to uh what's his name? Fucking Nick, uh, Nick Cave, Nick Cannon, Nick Cave, <laughs> Nick Cave in the bad seats. All right, yeah, good luck on your scream journey, though. That's gonna be fun, yeah, that should be a hoot. Um, and I think that's basically it for what, now. What about um, I watch video games, yeah, video, video games. games. Okay, so this year, oh, actually, no, I do have something to talk about video game wise that I was thinking about all weekend. Um, do you fellows ever play Borderlands? Fuck yeah. So Borderlands, very popular shooter, and the main games are fine, uh, but there's their DLC contents are always out of this world and always really crazy. Yeah. So I'm playing through Borderlands 3 with a friend right now, and they have a whole DLC called like Love, Guns, and Tentacles, um, which is a Cthulhu-themed uh, DLC, cool. which has been totally fun to play through. It's a wedding story about two of the characters getting married, but that's kind of in the background, but like all the enemies you're shooting are like tentacle monsters and Cthulhu monsters um, with druids and all that kind of craziness. Your guns shoot tentacles and oh, hard yeah. tentacles and like ridiculous. So it's like, it's all Lovecraftian. Like you fight a fish god at one point, you summon a fish god. Is there a rat god? Hail Rodma. There is a rat god. There's a Wendigo. Rat man. Hail rat god. Hail Ratma. That's all I've been thinking all week. Hell yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I played borderlands 3 like a motherfucker uh played that game a ton but i i haven't picked it up in a while but i never got to the dlcs i've always heard that they're great but that's the thing about yeah. borderlands is it's so visually appealing but it's really it's the guns that are so fun yeah it's a perfect podcast game for me because who yes. cares about the music yeah. so i'll just put like a podcast on and burn through it i think that's how i burned through your guys's uh top 10 episode oh damn that's how i usually play like alan awake or um last of us or detroit mm-hmm. Um, Ellie, I was going to ask, have you played, because you play video games a little bit more, have you played the new Aliens game, Fireteam? No, I haven't. What do you think of it? I have not got it either, actually. I got it. I, yeah? I've kind of been, like, waiting till it's, like, real cheap. If, if you get, if you got a baller-ass PC like I do, you can get it on Game Pass right now, It's which is great. But I is spent, it fun? like, 60 bucks on it. I, thought, I think it's really fun, but I haven't gone back to it a bunch. Um, I've been too balls deep in halo infinite infinite infinity Infin- i don't know I don't there's know. a new halo infinite. and i've been playing that it's fucking awesome can i ask you guys a generic horror question i love it now i'm on the podcast that i could talk to you this too? is your time to shine yes so what do you prefer in terms of horror movies with aliens do you prefer the original alien where it's like a one creature versus oh God. all of them hunting them down mm. or aliens where it's multiple creatures and it's like a shooter movie that's the hardest question yeah because right i love them both that's they're both very good yeah. but uh, it, i feel like alien as i've is, aged alien is yeah yeah like aliens the best like i ridley scott's alien is my favorite uh because if you, but then i love like attack the block you know 
Yeah, because if you guys ever have time and it's cheap now, Alien Isolation's a oh, really good game. I got oh, to that I game like seven days later <laughs> or seven years. Yeah. Later. Remember, I was yeah that game. I reviewed it on the podcast, and Diego was like, "The game came out like seven years ago." <laughs> They've like remastered <laughs> it like four times. Yeah. Isn't there like a cell phone version of it too now? There should be. I'm pretty sure there's a cellular version. <laughs> yeah, Alien Isolation's fucking awesome. But like, that's for me. Fire Team is just like Fire Team is the perfect podcast podcast game. I was joking about yeah. playing those those games where you have to focus <laughs> on what's happening, like Alan Awake and like The Last of Us and Detroit. Obviously, you don't listen to podcasts during those games, but when you're just running around shooting shit, Fire Team is great. Mm-hmm. But uh, awesome. So, what was I called again? Borderlands? What? Uh, it's called something like Love, Guns, and Tentacles. Okay. Elio, you have to answer your own question. You asked us. Yeah. So, it depends on the mood. Oh, um, that's a boo answer. Then you're just, mm-hmm. well, you're just, that's okay. sitting. That's, that's like being is. the guy uh, who it's like, what kind of music you like? I kind of like everything. Like everything. <laughs> All right. I'll, ju- I'll, I'll jump then. If I had to take, if I had to sit down right now and pick but one, I, Alien or Aliens? Yeah. Aliens. Really? Aliens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Explain. That's a more fun. I am more so. First off, my favorite horror movie of all time is Tremors. Yes. So I am more of a fun horror movie guy than I am of like let me feel horrible while right, watching right. this. Okay, that that makes total sense. I feel like Aliens is a lot more of the like accessible one of. Not that Alien isn't accessible, but it's like this one's got like cool military one-liners oh. and guns and shooting and not enough sex, unfortunately. Yeah. I love them both, but like I truly love them both. But as a kid, it was like aliens all day, all day, because it was just it's crazy and fun and wild. Uh, but like now, alien truly scares me, and I've seen it a hundred times. <laughs> do you do you want to hear my truest horror, like embarrassing reveal that's going to make Mitch freak out? Oh no! Yeah. I never finished Hereditary. <laughs> that see that doesn't even make me want to freak out. It's just that's a that's a tough movie. You just didn't want to. Have, you didn't want to have a bad time. You wanted to have fun. I, I. So first off, I, I cannot be on a horror podcast and not talk about my mom because my mom is one of the people that got me into horror, and we go see horror movies together. Shout out your mom. Together. Shout out my mom, Big K. Um, okay. We saw the the witch together, Krampus, all those movies. But she's a slasher person through and through. So we started Hereditary got to tony collette screaming and we're just like let's turn this off i'm done with yeah this. that's also an uncomfortable mother-son movie yes absolutely <laughs> maybe not the best choice but you know as you know mitch as a fellow child of divorce yes we got shout out divorce parents yep parents got weird ways to connect with their kids absolutely my my dad's was always just to like punch me in the, no i'm not okay i'm like i'm gonna stop <laughs> doing the dad things because he's been threatening to listen um Cool. Well, yeah. So obviously, shit. Hereditary is a it's a tough movie. So, but uh, cool. Boozy, do you want to knock one off? Sure. Uh, I checked out. Uh, I was actually going to mention this last episode, but we ended up just running really long. So I thought I'd just tack it on here. Is I watched a couple movies from 2021 that didn't make my list, and one of them is The Deep House. I ended up checking that out uh julian mari and alexander bastilla directed this yeah which i didn't mention on the episode where i reviewed this that those are the guys who did inside oh is it yeah they're the the french duo behind inside and they also last year they also did candisha which i was meaning to put on my uh, honorable mention because like that's a shutter movie with like the most horrendous 
cover photo. <laughs> like it's like who would ever want to touch this? Right. Uh, but I had heard some good things about it, and I checked it out, and it's actually fucking really good. It's if you like Candyman, Candisha. But sorry, Candisha man. Um, I thought this movie is. I, I really agree with what you had said before that this is kind of. It's how would I put it? It's a revelation that it got made. Yeah. But overall, this the story itself is is fairly not interesting. It's just kind of cool to be like, oh, where are they going to go? I was more interested in just where they were going to go in the house and what it looked like over anything that was actually happening to the characters. Yeah. They did some cool stuff, like they had a little uh, underwater drone, so that made for some good like horror stuff. I found that they could have done so much more yeah. in an underwater house to be scary than what they did, but. That, that's honestly why I didn't make my list. Still very cool. I think people should just check it out for the fact that they made this whole movie underwater. Yeah. It is fucking impressive as hell looking at that thing and wondering, it's like, how did you guys do this? Like, yeah. And there's so much stuff to do within it. But yeah, it's just, it's uh, it's fairly pedestrian in terms of being scary or anything. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I got a couple quick ones. I'll pass it back to you, Big L. Uh, mind if I call you Big L? You you refer to That's yourself right. as Big L. Big L, Papa L, whatever oh, you got. Big L, L is good and too. Big K. Yeah, big L and Big yeah. K. Um, I just want to. I'm not going to talk too long about it because it seems like every, rightfully so, it's a it's a show that everybody is talking about right now is Yellow Jackets. And I started watching it. Have you seen any of this, Elio? I have not yet. I thought you were going to mention another show on Netflix, but I have to mention. Oh, after you're right. done. I haven't started that either. And I know which one you're talking about. I, yeah. I started that and that's good, but I've had like six people tell me about Yellow Jackets. So what is ahead. Yellow I'm Jackets? Yellow Jackets is set around a high school soccer, uh, an all girl soccer team that go, they're going on a trip to a tournament or to play and they end up crashing into a forest from the plane. And it takes a real Lord of the Flies type scenario uh, story type route. And this show is as good as everybody's saying it is. Like, it, it is so good. And Boozy, you will love this show. It's actually a really good pair up with like, I've been in the mood for, you know, I watched all the Scream movies again. I, I'm also going to talk about another post-Scream slasher that I checked out that I haven't seen since it came out. And uh, Yellow Jackets kind of fits super well in that, but it's really, really well acted. It's gnarly. Like the violence is brutal and all the characters are just so interesting and, and fun to watch. And uh, apparently like the show's a hit. So there's going to be like five seasons that they have planned, I guess. Um, some people are comparing it to Lost. I've never actually gone into Lost, so I don't know. That's just what I've heard. Uh, but it is like it's wild. So I highly, highly recommend it. I mean, assuming people just compare it to Lost because it's a bunch of people on a That's highlight. exactly and it's same. And there's more to the Lord of the Flies comparison. Like it's one of those things where, you know, it jumps back from like it'll go to the the event when this happened. And then now some of the characters as they're older, so they clearly survived and they're like trying to live normal lives. And uh, there's some really That's solid kind of actors. an interesting take on that. Oh, actually. yeah. And it's one of those things like they don't like I'm pretty sure it's within the first five minutes of the show. They even kind of touch on it like it's widely assumed that some of those girls ate each other. <laughs> like it's, it's wild. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's great. So I'm only three. I'm just starting episode four tonight. Uh, so yeah, highly recommend that. We have it on Crave in Canada. And I don't know what you Americans have it on. Showtime. Oh, like just the, oh, I guess the TV channel. Yeah, it, it's weird. Showtime has its own app 
Um, mainly, I'm going to be using it to watch Dexter and Yellowjack. And yeah. Red Shoe Diaries. And Californication. Yes, Red Shoe Diaries. Big shout out. That was always uh, just after midnight. Do you know what that is, Elio? I have no idea. I've never heard that in my life. It was, really? Yeah, it's like where you chafe your wiener on your sheets. Um, it, it was like the the earliest form of like, it was like that soft core where like they would show a little bit of butt and that was about it. And yeah, yeah it would come out really late on showtime. But it would get so every 10-year-old like, horned yeah. up. That was like pre-porn okay. porn. Yeah. It was like that that's like what is that? Real sex on HBO? That was like a show that would show like buttholes, but not much else. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. It was like the fringes of trying to jerk off. Red Shoe Diaries is like uh, you know, I, I can't I'm not, I'm not gonna assume Big K was one of them, but a lot of moms always had like those erotic like fantasy novels that they would keep by their bed. With the like, long haired mm-hmm. dude wearing yeah. a horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that, but a showtime show. <laughs> there you go yeah so and you have if you have the app i'm sure it's on there yeah trailer park boys was showtime as well or showcase oh wait no you're we're thinking showcase boozy are you sure i felt like those are the same thing no showtime is californication oh and uh never mind then no wonder he hasn't seen red shoe diaries yeah yeah showcase though cool uh yeah so who who wants to go elio do you have more to talk about um I got two more things I want to mention. One I told myself that I had to mention if I was ever on this show. Um, I don't know if it came out in 2019 or 2020, but it's on Hulu, uh, Hunter Hunter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the anime. Yeah. Don't think it's the anime because I've suggested it to people and they're like, Elio, I know you like anime, but why are you showing me this? <laughs> the- uh, it's got Devin Sawa yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. And Nick Stahl. And, mm-hmm, and absolutely brutal fucking movie. Yep. I like you guys particularly got me into like blue ruin and like those kinds of movies and yeah i feel like this fits along with that sense where it is slow it is plotting it is just brutal the entire way through and it crescendos really well at the end and that ending alone made me love watching that yeah movie, I, so i had to wreck i just got I, chills down my spine thinking about that ending again like it is i just it's remember savage. Uh, there's one scene in there where it's just somebody walking back. It's, I believe it's the woman walking back to the house and you think she's being followed. And I was like, this is such an intense scene and not a lot's really happening. No, it's a great movie. So that's really good. And then Mitch, you got to remind me of the name of the show. Cause I got, I know 81 is on at the end of it, but what is it on Netflix right now? Archive 81. Archive 81. I kept on wanting to say aisle 81, but, um, this is Archive 81. It's based on a podcast with the same name. I never listened to the podcast. Um, but the premise is a guy who restores old footage and like old media as a job for preservation is hired to archive and like look through a bunch of burnt videotapes of a mysterious fire. And I don't want to get into it too much because there's a lot of twists and stuff, but there's a lot of cult stuff. There's a lot of like messed up delusions of like what's real what's not real what's going on and i'm really enjoying it so far i'm like two episodes in and i don't think it's very long but um there's like one scene particularly at the end of episode two that like i was watching it at like 9 30 at night last night like maybe 45 minutes before i went to bed and i had to like calm myself down afterwards because it was so creepy yes but um i've i've heard such good things about the show and it's got some like amazing people behind it, like Justin Benson and Aaron, Aaron Moorhead. Direct. Aaron Moorhead, yeah, yeah. They direct a couple episodes, and there's uh oh, what's her name? Rebecca Rebecca Thomas. Oh, she she's mm-hmm. done some. Like she did Limetown and uh, a couple episodes of Stranger Things. 
yeah, like there's some real solid talent behind this thing. I'm I'm looking forward to checking it out because I've heard nothing but good things so far. Yeah, I have yet to be disappointed by a Benson and Moorhead thing. And I'm a little biased because I got to meet them in person. Hell yeah. Uh, there there was like a film festival in New York for uh, that channel, uh, IFC, yep. you know, like independent film channel. They had like a New York um, festival and I saw a screening of The Endless there. Yeah with a couple of people and it was like really cool getting to meet them and talk to them and see it. But like everything they've directed so far, including their episodes of TV shows have been like fantastic. So yeah. I'm very excited to see where archive 81 goes. I need to watch Synchronic again. Cause like I had watched that when I was fresh out of a breakup. So I was like, not in mm. the best mood. And uh, mm. I don't know. I just wasn't in the mood to watch anything at that time. I was just, you know, not, you know, sometimes you just get in a place where you can't really focus and yeah uh, i've loved everything they do as well but like had you seen resolution before you saw the endless because like they tie in directly I, with each other and i feel like a lot of people who like didn't like the endless didn't like it, it it adds an entirely different layer when you have resolution in your mind as well i actually saw resolution after okay so you were able to see but, the little tie-ins and stuff yep but I got to hear them talk about like the tie-in yeah. and how they did that and why they did that. And that, that made it a lot cooler. Yeah. They're Saskatoon fantastic film festival boys too. They, uh, Oh, are yeah, they really? They, well, they came down for uh resolution. Like when that came out, mm -hmm. I think it was 2014. I didn't get to see them there, but John talks about them and just says they're just amazing guys. And uh, yeah. And then we played the endless and I think synchronic came out the year where, Oh no, that got a wide release. That's why we didn't get it mm -hmm. either way. Yeah. They're, they're very, tremendous filmmakers yeah did you guys when you did when you showed the endless did you get the pamphlets for the cult no no because it was just <laughs> one of the regular screenings mm -hmm. uh, okay yeah when i saw them at ifc they were handing out at the front of the uh theater they had all the people in cult costumes like just like button-ups and they were handing out uh pamphlets to join the cult in the movie and i thought oh, that that'd be funny. so cool yeah that's pretty cool i've always wanted to join a cult boozy do you have anything else you want to talk about yeah i have two left Okay. Um, and they're very similar in subject matter, so I'm kind of just going to tackle them at the same time. Uh, these are both from 2021. The first one is called In the Earth. It's directed by Ben Wheatley. I know, Mitch, you've watched this. Yeah. It's an American-British film. And both the movies I'm going to be talking about are both eco-horror, which has kind of started to become a thing, I've noticed. Um, but this is about uh, an infection that spread throughout the world, and a couple of people have to go into a forest area to try and meet up with another group of researchers. I think it's very cool. Deals with like spores and funguses, and kind of how we've affected the world and how the world is reacting to us. It has a little bit of um, how would you call it? What what was it that one Cloverfield movie? What was the second one called? Cloverfield Parrot or no, uh, 10 no, no, Cloverfield no. Lane. Yeah, it kind of reminds me movie. of parts of that. Not like if you're looking for something completely like that, I, I might be way off, but just kind of there is a story the of, yeah, of like yeah. a madman trapping people. That's kind of more what I'm going with, less about an alien invasion. Yeah. Um, so that it, it's pretty cool. I, I was had this on my list forever and it just ended up not being, uh, exactly as, as terrifying as i would have liked so i mean whatever i think it's definitely a cool movie you guys should definitely check it out the other movie that i'm going to talk about that's also from 2021 and is also an eco horror movie this movie's called gaia oh, i can't wait to see this directed and produced by jaco bauer and it's a south african horror film 
Um, so this is about two people who work at a forestry service who get lost in the forest they work for and find some people who live out there as well as some creatures that live out there. Uh, this film is very much like, uh, I guess the easiest way to describe it is it's kind of like The Last of Us and it actually has some kind of creatures like The Last of Us. It's a very cool film. It deals with uh, a budding love story in it as well, which at the end has a very cool, I think the end of this movie is kind of beautiful in a weird way. And I hope somebody watches it so we can talk about it. I'm going to watch it. I don't want to give perfect. I don't want to give anything away, but I think there's a beautiful scene that's dealing with like flowers and, and budding and kind of growing new life at the very end of this film that I really enjoyed. So both eco horror films that I'd recommend checking out from 2021. They just didn't end up making my list. Do you know where Gaia is streaming, Guzzi? That it's I on do Prime. Uh, well, out it's here, on Prime. Yeah, here we have it on Prime, so I'm not sure where it would be for you because you're a New York City boy. But That's true. Um, yeah, no, and In the Earth is one that I think you might end up really enjoying too, Elio. That, I forgot about that movie. Like I should have given that at least a shout out last week, but I'm happy you brought it up today because yeah, I didn't like I wasn't gushing over that movie either, but it's very cerebral and very like the this this cinematography is like the best part. It's so fucking mm-hmm. wild because it gets really trippy at a couple times. And I think especially if you're a fan of like stuff like what Justin Benson or Aaron Moorhead do in the earth is kind mm-hmm. of along those lines. Yeah, I think you definitely like it. Yeah. And it's cool. I, I one episode that I've always wanted to do on this podcast, which we'll get to soon is kill uh, kill list. Have you seen kill list, Elio? Mm-hmm. No, but that sounds really familiar. Remind me, what's that one about? It's a cult movie by Ben Wheatley, the same guy. And it is like, it is so fucking good. Like, it, the less you know, the better. Just go in and watch it. I'm pretty cool. sure that's on Shutter even. Um, but okay, if it's cool. not, it's summer. But Kill List is, I'm excited to do an episode on that eventually. Wait a second. That's not the movie about the Hitman, is it? Yes. Okay, that movie rocks. Yeah. I know that movie. Yeah, it is so fucking good. I've only seen it once too, and I've been kind of itching to rewatch it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off until we can do an episode on it. But yeah, Ben Wheatley's super talented. Cool. Uh, I got one last one to take us into the main feature. If you guys are cool with that, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been on a, like I said, real scream kick, and I it's it's it doesn't seem to be stopping. Last couple of nights, I've been rewatching Scream. <laughs> like I've I've I'm honestly watching these movies on repeat at this time. Um, just very much Mitch energy right now. But I decided to check out Urban Legends, the final cut, the <laughs> hey, second hey, one. Hey, hey. So I've been meaning to watch this too. I watched it a couple of years ago for the podcast, but yeah. And like, I know also it was a lot more of a, I get a little heated on the podcast over dumb things. And it's, you know, I was going through a lot back then, but I actually, again, let me be clear again. I like Urban Legend. Like I really like the original Urban Legend. It's fun. It's just, it's, it's silly. And I think, um, sometimes I take it a little too seriously, uh, but Urban Legends Final Cut. Oh boy, is this movie fucking bad! Like just is that on... the one with the fencing suit. Yeah, the fence... yeah, yeah. And the, the bell tower. I remember. Oh man, yeah. like I remember liking it when I was a kid, but I think I was blinded by my love for Eva Mendez because uh, she's in the film, and I was really into her. Same with the girl. I can't remember her name. Uh, the girl from Grind, the the skateboarding <laughs> movie. Uh, she's the lead character in this. Oh, and there, there's some really wild characters. Uh, I see. I watched it like less than a week ago, and I've already forgotten a lot of it. But I'm gonna look it up here because I know I'm missing someone crazy from this movie. Um, 
but yeah, just not good. Like it's, it's really, really rough. Uh, it's one of those movies where it's like, it feels like they ran out of a budget, like a quarter of the way through. And uh, I don't know. It just, I wasn't going in expecting anything amazing. I actually thought it was like, cause I've heard some people can say that it's kind of a, you know, a forgotten gem or one that people need to rewatch and they might get something new out of it. It's just not, it's really rough. There's the kills. It says are, no to that. <laughs> what's that? Mitch, you say no to that. I There's do no say nostalgia. No this is not a hidden gem. No, it, it is not. Um, it's also like one of the most predictable, like these movies, that's one of the problems with like the post scream era is everyone was so horny about getting the, the reveal or something that no one would see coming. And that's why, you know, in urban legend, the, the reveal is just nuts. Um, but in this one, the, this remake, I was like, I feel like all you got to do is just have your eyes open in the first 20 minutes and you'll know who the killer is going to be. Um, but yeah, it's the person I'm thinking of. So Jennifer Morrison, she's the one from grind shout out, uh, Matthew Davis. He is Warner and legally blonde. He's Reese Witherspoon's like douchey boyfriend. He's also in blue crush. Hey, yeah, not the sequel though. A true classic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like uh, Anthony Anderson. Oh man, yeah, this not good. People do not do not go back and try and discard. I don't know, Boozy. Do you remember liking it? Uh, I've probably just liked it because I really enjoy Urban Legends movies, but I'm I remember it being a marked drop off from the first one. Yeah, like the kills are just kind of pathetic. Like it's it's so cringy watching the kills because it's it, it feels like Maver YTV. And that's no slight to YTV because yeah. shout yeah. out YTV. Um, that's a Canadian Nickelodeon, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, not good. It was like it was like a bad long goosebumps episode. Yeah. And I, if it makes you uh if it gets you excited at all, Boozy, how I ended up watching Urban Legend the Final Cut is because I was looking for a place to watch Cry Wolf and I couldn't find it. But I want to rewatch Cry Wolf because I haven't it's seen it so since. So funny it came out. that you mentioned that. I've been like sitting on a Blu-ray of it forever. I'm like, should I buy it? And it's only eight dollars, but I'm still oh. like, should I buy it? You love it? that movie. So I do love that movie. Someone randomly mentioned it on Twitter and I like marked out for it. I was like, yes, you, you yeah. know what you're talking about. No, and like, yeah, I, I want to rewatch that one because I haven't seen it since it came out and I'm sure there's something there. I feel like you're still going to hate it. Hearing the name, yeah, hearing the name Cry Wolf just unlocked a memory in my brain. I feel like, yes, God, I haven't thought of that movie in like 15 years. <laughs> I'll do, I'll be your Morpheus. I'll try and unlock a little bit more of your brain. What, what's another cry? Oh, what was it? Cry Wolf. And I just had it. Um, swim fan. <laughs> good times yeah so shout out post scream era movies do you guys want to start talking about elio's pick vhs 94 yeah i just wanted to quickly mention since we were talking about urban legend for a second jared leto sucks ass jared leto does yeah. suck ass. like i Bad. hate jared leto i know honestly. you should yeah he, he's just a douche but also like that's what sucks though is like yeah he's great in rec room for a dream uh he's great in american psycho but like he plays a piece of shit in both those movies he's just being himself so is he, yeah yeah is he really acting yeah no he's just insufferable i think the only thing that like it, it would be more representative of him in those movies if there were like underage women around him yeah that's more his speed did, did this thought come because did you get to see the morbius trailer on the big screen when you went and saw scream yeah, okay well there's, there's that and then you mentioned urban legend but it's also yeah. the fact is like I think it's the Morbius thing that really bothers me because it's like, why the fuck are we letting this dude do stuff? Like, he is a shitty person. 
Yeah, and he's also like M- Morbius. And he's creepy and has Morbius like... should not be a fucking movie. <laughs> no. Speaking of which, I, I've been putting this off. I, I find it took me like <clears throat> eight or ten tries, uh, but I finally got through Venom too. Let there be car. No, how'd it go? I, I forgot there was a Venom too. I don't know why I for it. Like I try and torment myself. Like I punish myself. It's like Mitch. It, the first twenty minutes of that movie was annoying the hell out of me. I've already said that. I said this on the Let's Talk About Stuff podcast, but I'm going to say it here for anyone who hasn't heard that. Um, the way that I felt after the first twenty minutes, uh, it's like being in a packed arcade with all the doors locked, and like you're an adult and you're surrounded by kids, and everyone's <laughs> screaming, but you can't get out, and you have no tokens, and you're not allowed to play anything. <laughs> oh so it's like it's like uh being at ruckers yes i the only reason i said arcade is because uh i don't think ruckers is an american thing wait yeah hold on is ruckers an arcade because ruckers is a college by me also yeah here it's an arcade yeah thing. it's an arcade and the owners drive really obnoxious vehicles that are covered in ruckers decals <laughs> oh there you go uh real quick just because you mentioned uh superhero and it unlocked the other memory did you guys see the uh moon knight trailer? oh yeah baby Boozy's not a Boozy's not a superhero boy, but I yeah. cannot wait for that. That looks sick. Yeah. And and Benson and Moorhead also directed a couple right. episodes. Of yeah, it, I forgot so about that. Good. And like Moon Moon Knight is such an under like a lot of like it's a lesser known character. Uh, but yeah. like I own some some recent Moon Moon Knight uh, graphic like or sorry comic runs just in trade paperback, and they're fucking awesome. Like they came on like 2017, We're- I think. Well, so that those were the issues that Max Bemis, the singer of Say Anything, wrote. No, really? He might have. He wrote. He wrote the most recent run of Moon Knight. He did a really good job. He's also a crazy person, like Moon Knight. Yeah, he's a psychopath, but he's also like a genius yeah. lyricist and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that that's gonna drive me nuts now because I want to see if it's him. I could have sworn because I know Max Bemis did either the most recent or the one before, and he did the he did the entire run. Holy shit, I didn't even realize that was him. I think this is the run that you're talking about, that I'm talking about. Uh, no, this one is Warren. Oh, no. Wow. That was a major fuck up. Uh, this one was done by Warren Ellis, who's like Oh, okay. Legendary. Also very good, yeah. though. Ellis yeah. is unreal. Uh, but all right, you guys want to get on to VHS 94? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we will see you guys on the other side. Police search warrants! Could be no one left alive in here. Do I just press the button? Press the red button. Just press it. I assume they're paying extra for this. Yes. This is a remarkable story. Hello? Welcome to our main feature. We're going to be discussing the 2021 anthology film VHS 94, which was uh, chosen by Elio. And uh, this, like I said before, it was on Boozy's top five of the year. So let's kick it over to you, Elio. This is obviously, this is the fourth installment in the VHS franchise. I've, I've been a big fan since the beginning. How, how have you been with the VHS movies? Uh, well, first and foremost, Hail Ratma. Hail Ratma. Um, Hail Ratma. I love the VHS series. Um, 
I think the first two are really good. The first one was the first anthology horror movie I've ever seen. Oh, crazy. Um, yeah, it was, I saw it in college for the first time and um, it like blew my mind that the whole concept was like, these are unrelated films, but there's an overarching story that kind of relates to them. And I thought that was super cool. Um, and I really liked that. The second one I thought was more of the same where I was like, okay, these are good quality films and I enjoy this viral i thought was bad yeah um, most people no other i still w- haven't seen it since it came out but i remember liking it but i was also probably hella stoned <laughs> yeah it, and like i used to partake at the time when i watched it i remember just being like super down yeah like not down in a good way but just super bummed out about viral with like the overarching story and even the short films in that one i thought were really weak yeah um but i thought vhs 94 was a good return to form um I thought the overarching story in the beginning, like just overall was super good. And then like, I liked almost, the, I'll put it this way. There was not a short film in the series that I disliked completely. Yeah. Usually with the VHS series, there's like one that's not as great as the other ones. Yeah. And while I think there's like, there's, I don't think there's any like overly bad ones in this. In this no. Movie. Yeah. And I, I have them all written down here, each segment. So we'll, we'll go by segment by segment, but uh, mm-hmm. since boozy, I know you already kind of talked about this on last week's episode where we mm-hmm. were talking about our top tens, but uh, yeah, which VHS films have you seen, or is it just viral that you haven't just, seen? I've seen one. Just the first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, and that's still probably my favorite one out of all of them, but like, uh, Two, and two I, has... I watched that like way before we ever started the podcast so i feel like i should probably go back and check this out and i know everyone basically i've heard from says that viral isn't as good yeah pretty much everyone is like unanimously not a fan of that one hmm. yeah and i know like diego he's a massive fan of the vhs franchise and even like he bought viral and he hated it so much that he gave it to me <laughs> Because I'm a completionist and like, uh, you know, just like when I'm able to buy 94, I will buy that as well. But it was it's always exciting when these films come out because, you know, they're pre- presented by Bloody Disgusting, the the premier horror website. I've been a reader for, you know, over a decade now at this point. So it was really cool when I found out what they were doing and like the original VHS that uh, I've talked about a ton already at this point. So I won't repeat myself too much, but the opening sketch uh, or sorry, segment short film the amateur night which was done by david bruckner that's the succubus uh segment that one just fucking got me until this day it's like i'll just put the movie on just to watch that segment and i do that a lot with the vhs movies um because i think two is a lot of people's favorites i think two is good but it has one segment in it that's just so far miles ahead of the other ones so it kind of puts the rest of the ones in the dust and that's like the one, you know, it had, they brought Eduardo Sanchez back and former guests of the show, Eduardo Sanchez and Jamie Nash. They both uh, did the, the bike, a bike in the park segment on VHS too. But there's that cult one that's just so clearly better than all the other ones. Like it is, it is wild. Um, but yeah, this, uh, so I watched 94 again to prepare for this because I wanted to have it fresh in my head. I'd watched it when it came out and yeah like I think my overall thoughts from just the very of the whole movie is I like this movie even more now than I did and uh I likely if if I would have if this episode would have been a week before we did our our top 10s I probably would have included this because it went up in my books uh I think just because like Elio said 
there isn't a segment in this that I don't not like. Like I, I like things about all of them. Uh, I could definitely say which one's probably my least favorite, but even even that one I think has some really cool shit to offer. I think they they up the creativity in this one, like they and it, they up the camp. Like this one really feels like a campy horror movie, and I love that aesthetic of it and all the the practical effects and the the clay molding and the the sculpting that they did for some of these creatures and you know it just it's it suffered the only thing it suffers from is what vhs1 suffers from and that's the first segment is so clearly the best one <laughs> did you guys realize that that first segment so it's called whole um storm drain and that's only 12 minutes long yes that's wild because yeah. it's like it left such a huge impression on like everyone who watches that everyone talks about ratma and that's super impressive because it's like it's the shortest segment out of all of them and it seems to have left the biggest impression on people i'm going to highlight some of the other ones that i really love today but let, let's kick off with that or i guess there's the overall the wraparound which is written and directed by jennifer reader uh which is titled holy hell um, this is the one where it's kind of set around. It feels like a SWAT team is it's got kind of like a wreck vibe from like the 2007 wreck movie. It's got like a siege type vibe to it. And yeah, it uh, kind of reminded me of like uh breaking into Jigsaw's place or something. I'm yeah. sure one of the Saw movies they have that. For sure. I think something for me is I've I've never liked the wraparounds in like pretty much any anthology movie ever. The exception would be the Mortuary Collection, which came out a couple of years ago, which was just an absolute blast. It's available on Shutter. I love that movie. Um, but this one, like, I came around on the seg- the the wraparound a little more this time because they at least made an effort to tie it into all the other the other films. Like, you know, there's um, the the video store clerk that was renting these movies out, and he's got like his face is just like pussing with blood, and it's. It's really epic and then they yeah they go into the storm drain so who who wants to start talking about i want someone else to talk about storm drain here <laughs> hell yeah all right i mean i'll definitely not to say no to that um i think the fact that this one's only 12 minutes is what makes it so good um they spend no time throwing you into it and like really creeping you out from the get-go. I think that's like my favorite part. I feel like with anthology films, a big problem is sometimes the shorts, because of their time limit, will only rely on like one big scare or one big moment. And that's the thing that they try to get you with and make you talk about it. Whereas with the with the storm drain, the whole thing is uncomfortable. Like from the get-go when she's and this is what I this was my second time watching the movie also, and I got a lot more from it this time around but like from everything from her talking to the weird kind of hunter with the gun in the beginning like that was uncomfortable um it really hit me how freaky that like homeless guy living in the sewer drain yeah, was yeah. boozy 2023 naked wet and pussing with black stuff like that was creepy that was like a lot like that got me more than ratma got me at the end kale ratma like you know they had the really good creature design with ratma and kale ratma it was like really intense and really like overwhelming and then it cuts all of a sudden and it's clear as day and it's normal again and they're at the news 
station yeah. and then she just starts vomiting acid everywhere which was awesome like such a good way to wrap it up yeah it's just so fun like that's the thing too is like it's creepy but it's also like the the humor that's something that works throughout this movie is the humor and that yeah. that they didn't have a lot of in the other vhs movies it was they, they were pretty much a straight on straightforward horror horror shorts but this one it's like the the 90s tv station shit it works so well and it's so funny and like the little commercials that they have uh for yeah, like they had the, like the the blender yeah it's like the, the vegetable <laughs> slicer or something like yeah. that and uh yeah no it's just it's it's wild but my favorite thing is like they do the whole 90s aesthetic of like the the news anchor walking around and interviewing people it just feels very authentically 90s tv mm-hmm. and they have the various uh interviews there's like stoners skaters priests and my personal favorite the the redneck hunter with the gun yes. like, where, where did you see him points the gun towards it. it's just it's very funny i really enjoyed it so yeah i love it hail ratma boozy hail ratma um i actually checked out a podcast where they talked a little bit about this so i thought it was kind of interesting is they just found a random storm drain and started filming in it there was no real like planning for that and and also the the artist who created Ratma, Kale Ratma. It's slightly based on a xenomorph. Absolutely. Which upon rewatch, yeah, you can definitely tell. And I like that it gives you enough of a small story that you remember it through and through because it's not complicated. It's a rat god, and he throws <laughs> up on you, and you either live or don't live. And then after that, every time you say his name, you can also do the same, which is pretty cool. So I I think the segment's awesome. I love that when they actually give the big reveal of Ratma, Ratma. it cuts in and out with the the static of the VHS tape, which is some of my favorite parts because it makes it more creepy. You're trying to figure, it's like it's tracking. You're trying to figure out what you're seeing. And the end reminds me very, sorry, go ahead. No, uh, sorry, you talk about the end. I was just going to say the end with the uh, TV hosts reminds me a lot of the end of, the first howling movie yeah i don't know if that was an inspiration for that but it very much reminds me of that and i i like that a lot more because of that yeah it does feel like i never thought about that but it totally does have it seems like a little nod to the howling well uh, yeah because you're exposing a wide audience like yeah. your viewership to this cult quote-unquote what's really cool is that so it was written and directed by chloe okuno who had only done shorts prior to this so like this is obviously just like another short, but it's just really cool that they gave her an opportunity to, you know, like I wonder how that came about, like how, you know, they say that they you were saying that you were listening to someone talk about how they didn't really even know where they were going to go with it. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you fucking land this job? <laughs> like, Because that's pretty cool. But man, did she kill it? Like she knocked mm-hmm. it out of the park. Uh, and yeah. I, I think those set pieces, like the mention of far makes it even creepier that it's, yeah, it's, it's a good own location. Little thing, and you imagine I think Elio, you could probably sum it up best. Is there? We've always heard stories about people living in random places underground <laughs> in New York. Then there's yeah, alligators in the sewer, there, aren't there? Apparently, alligators, homeless people, mole people, it's ninja turtles, ninja turtles, shredder might be Have down you there. Ever went, like in in your sewer at all? <laughs> so I love how he opens this. So <laughs> you're okay. So yes um (laughs) it's not a no i knew it oh yes (laughs) so i so i live right now i live 20 minutes 15 minutes away out of new york city in a a smaller city called new rochelle so don't dox me if you're listening but um 
growing up, I grew up in a county that was about 45 minutes over the bridge from the city. And there was a lot of abandoned military stuff there for some reason. So there's a hiking trail called Tweed Tunnel that would go underground and there would be a lot of people. There's also an abandoned mental asylum that also went underground in my county. So a lot of my friends would do, we would go exploring in those like underground places or the tunnel or do that. And we would find a lot of drug addicts, but also a lot of just like weird, weird shit. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> okay, so you I'm can Googling say this. <laughs> I definitely recommend people at home do this too. Tweed Tunnels. This is very cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome. There was a lot of band promos that happened there. Oh, right? for sure. It looks that, perfect for that. That's I've been just kind of exploring Vancouver finally because it's like, you know, whenever it's not raining, I'll just get out because I'm like, I've been living in this new city and I've barely gotten out of the neighborhood that I'm in. And one of my favorite parts about my like I took like a four hour walk on Sunday. And I was like, there are so many places. It's like, you know, a band took band promos here. <laughs> like, absolutely. <laughs> and you know that the camera was facing coming from the bottom up. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, crazy. I just imagine like when you said so, I thought maybe you were one of those like, uh, like a booze runner in the prohibition era. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you're just running you're a real Al Capone. Yeah, I ran I ran an underground bar. That was yeah, just, big uh, Al Capone. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, so that's Storm Drain. Wicked, wicked segment. Let's go on to The Empty Wake, which was written and directed by Simon Barrett, who was also the writer on films like You're Next, uh, the greatest movie of all time, The Guest, uh, Blair Witch. And yeah, I, I think this one, this one also, like, th this, this fucking movie is very consistent. I like all the segments. Mm, this uh, one's... Mm. Yes, it totally is. So, or Kyle, wow, wow. Elio, <laughs> let's hear your thoughts on The Empty Wake. This one grew on me. I'm going to have to be honest. The first time, I didn't love it. I thought it was a little slow. So it's a grower, That's not my, a shower. It is a grower. Mm -hmm. That's my only complaint about this movie. And I have to go rewatch the other VHS ones again. Some of these segments drag a little bit. Yeah. But also, that's like, it was my second time watching it. So, you know, it's I've seen them before. But um, this one really set a good ambiance while we were while you're watching it. Like, there's just something so simple yeah. but so unsettling about being in a room with a coffin by yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a simple concept. Like, even if there wasn't like the zombie aspect or the tornado that goes in or whatever it is, like, just the fact that she has to spend a night alone while it's raining and dark with a casket while there's just like some spooky music playing like that gives me the creeps just thinking about have you it. watched the vigil yet no i haven't get on it you're gonna love it it's yeah okay, it's on Netflix, i might have right? to I, uh, I have that on my list to watch i can't i think it's on i can't remember what streaming service it's on but it's on something i think it's amazon honestly okay yeah, yeah. I, after you talked about it i have that on my list but it's it's solid but it's a very similar plot line, mm. but a very very different film so yeah, no, mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. It's uh, it's a this one got better for me too on a rewatch. Um, I think it's also like wrap my like storm drain, kicks off so hard like, it's it's hard to kind of keep that energy up. And then this mm -hmm. one, you know, does take its time at the beginning, but there's just some really cool effects. It's just really inventive, like filmmaking on a microscopic budget. Like I feel personally like I know everyone hates it, but the last twenty minutes of Blair Witch is awesome in my opinion. 
uh, like when they get into the house. And I feel like this is just Simon Barrett flexing those muscles again. And uh, mm-hmm. I think the climax of that film is excellent. Uh, but the sound design in this is really unsettling. The ambiance, like you said, uh, the uh, the corpse is creepy. And I specifically love like the wandering eye when it's just like a half a head. So yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this one too. Boozy, what are your thoughts on The Empty Wake? I actually wanted to tack on what you mentioned about about Blair Witch, how they had that whole tunnel sequence in there yeah. that, that it does a lot of the same vibes. Um, I, I will agree. I think the ambiance, like the dreary look to this place, I like that it's like run down, like it looks shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that the music is almost like Dracula-ish the whole yes. time it's playing. I feel like it's it's music to like raise the dead. Like I understand why this lady <laughs> is concerned. Um, I really like the idea of like the the storm limiting her options of what she can do. And this does kind of remind you of or remind me of like an urban legend. Like this is something you'd tell like kids would tell each other. Mm-hmm. You it's know, just a just, creepy little ghost story. But exactly. And I, and I think the the end um, where like everything's where everything's going going like crazy and the air raid sirens going off and then it switches to the handheld aspect of it i thought that was that was super fun and made for that great sequence because you we all knew that eye was gonna move i just loved that it did the back and forth so you could kind of was like oh when is it it built oh that's such like a cherry on top of the cake i loved um this is such a simple little thing that i appreciated but when she like realizes that the zombie couldn't see her yes it could only hear her like i thought that was such a like like duh the things on the face how the heck is it supposed to see you yeah and i appreciated that and also yeah like this is such a prime example too is like just for like indie just horror filmmaking in general how important sound is and like the sound it like the the sound that the zombie makes and like all the crashing of the tornado like it's just it's tense it's a really quick little short film in it or segment and it's fucking awesome um, yeah, big fan of The Empty Wake as well. Let's go on to the subject. So I'm assuming that this is one that uh, Elio was saying drags on a little bit. Like there's a couple segments that might drag on a little bit, but this one is written and directed by Timo Cencento. Um, And in my opinion, as much as this is like, there's a good debate to be made that this might be the weakest one of the bunch just because of how, how long it is. I think that's, you know, the mad scientist, uh, mad doctor scientist trope. That's just a plot device that's timeless. And it's it's great. I I think that you can always do something really interesting with that, like CC, Frankenstein, Reanimator, the human centipede. Um, they always at least offer up something kind of, at the very least, grotesque. But it is a little bit unnecessarily long, I think. But once it starts actually rolling, I think this thing's fucking awesome. Like, I love the the concept of it and uh, it's probably the most brutal out of all of them like brutally violent and it's it's intense what do you what do you guys think about the subject elio do you mind if i talk if i do this one and then you can kind of round it off yeah go ahead (laughs) oh man (laughs) all right so i i will have to agree i hate to be that person but this one is no matter how many times i watch this this one is my least favorite and I'm starting to realize that not because it's it's bad in any way. It just I think the reason I I don't like it is because it doesn't feel like it fits at all within this. It sticks out so much like a sore thumb, and it's even the the visual aspect of it. It doesn't feel like 1994. 
it has the the whatever effects that they use on it it doesn't look like the all the other ones the other ones look like poorly color corrected this one kind of seemed like a, a heart this is what i imagine because i haven't seen it yet is this is what i imagine hardcore henry is kind of like uh this is better than hardcore henry but you're not off on that assessment oh okay and then kind of where it goes from there and it turns into which i thought the action this was really cool it kind of does like an homage to like doom in this and there's also That's very much like. you can tell they're inspired by like resident evil all that stuff is really cool within that i just i think the reason it, it i don't like it as much is because it's so much different and it throws me off because even the segment that comes after i feel very much fits with yeah. everything else no you're entirely doesn't you're entirely right that this one does feel like it feels out of place and even just visually, like if they would have just put a different filter on there, maybe you could have that level of immersion, but it doesn't even have that. Yeah. What about you, Elio? Yeah. I, I agree with both of you. It It's good. Like like I said, it it's no means bad. Um, it's a little too long, but it's really funny because this, this is a me problem. This is not a movie problem. I watched this and all I could think of was like the, the mid-2000s Carl Urban Doom movie with The Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. Um, sorry. For some reason, I, I went to Dread. I was like, Dread's fucking awesome. Don't you dare. No, no, no. Like, no, Doom Dread. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, Doom, Dread rules. That Doom movie is rough. I, it's really bad. Yeah. And I remember when I was like a kid, the big thing about the Doom movie was like, oh, they first go person. first person, like yes. the video game. Yeah. <laughs> and it's awful. It's so bad. Yeah. So, like, that stink came like 15 years later and came back into VHS 94 because while it was done so much better in this movie and it was just the mere fact that it's a woman with a camera for a head and that's terrifying and you feel like you feel for the character you feel frustration you feel the terror that she's feeling i still couldn't disconnect from that carl urban movie and that's all i could think about while watching this i like that a movie that stars carl urban and the rock is a carl urban movie let's just point that out right there i like that you went went that route i appreciate that um to be fair he wasn't the superstar he was yet true. so yeah he he wasn't yeah it wasn't billy do you Butcher. think he regrets that one like that and like the tooth fairy was he in the tooth fairy who was in the tooth he fairy? was the tooth fairy the rock oh wait he was oh i keep on getting him mixed up with uh vin diesel which is funny because they hate each other but they're the, they're the same <laughs> no, vin diesel was the pacifier yeah that's what that's what i mean which is which is an actual good movie he's not a good i was gonna movie. say that's a good that's that's a good movie i'll fight yeah. for, i'll fight for Okay, I'm oh, gonna yeah. have to watch the pacifier again. Let's see if when I get to it. I'm pretty Kyle sure it's agrees like Disney with Plus. Me. I think oh yeah, of course Kyle this year. <laughs> um, did, speaking of video games, though, Elio, did you ever play Titanfall or like Titanfall Two? Yeah, I love Titanfall Two. Like, I think that movie's or that game is fucking awesome. And that's the one thing that this short did that I really enjoyed is uh, it brought back memories of like when you have to jump on the Titans and you like just obliterate mm-hmm. the top you like you beat the piss out of their heads so that you can expose mm-hmm. the wires and shoot it they do that in this with like the brains and everything but yeah it's definitely i don't know it gave me titanfall energy but it's just definitely too long i think the first like 10 minutes of this this segment could have been <laughs> summed up in 30 seconds yeah but yeah no you made a good point though i never i, I didn't think of that that it's like it is so clearly it stands it sticks out like a sore thumb because the next segment, which is called Terror, this is the next and last segment of VHS 94. Uh, this one was directed by, written and directed by Ryan Prowse. And uh, this one has the same feel, the same aesthetic that we get from The Empty Wake and that we get from uh, 
the storm, storm drain. drain and this one i'm curious because i've heard this one is the one that really is divisive online with people it seems and uh i fucking love this thing like i like i think it's funny and the it brings back the the campy nature of the effects work and it's got kind of a cool idea and it's a clear homage to the thing in so many different ways uh what do you guys think of of terror not the band the band sucks <laughs> whoa well hold on wait a Uh-oh. second are yeah, you kidding no we can't do this mitch is not a keeper of the faith i am not a keeper mitch scott vogel can suck my dong oh my god i gotta leave the show that's who that's who scott vogel is it's just went joker mode yeah exactly. <laughs> i'm gonna turn i'm gonna turn into the joker love hardcore hate terror go on elio I'm oh sorry. my god oh sorry you just dropped a bombshell yeah. um this one i liked better the second time yeah compared to the first time um the first to be totally honest, I think the first time I watched this, I watched it at night, and I think I watched it in two sittings. Um, but I was so kind of like burnt out by the end of the last segment into this one that I was kind of ready for the movie to kind of be done or be over. But rewatching it this time around, I had a lot more fun with it because I was more I recognized what I was going into, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where I realized like this is a comedy segment. This is not supposed to be a scary segment. It's not supposed to be a like creepy segment. This is true and true, a comedy segment. And um, I figure these are all the Americans that you deal with anytime you walk outside your door, Elio. (laughs) I would be lying if I said I didn't know people like this. Oh, we, this is also very, like that's the thing there. This reminds me of Saskatchewan. Yeah, it's Saskatchewan too. <laughs> They're roasting like the right wing, like Trump. Like I just, oh God, I sorry, this is a tent, this is off topic, but uh, I recently watched the documentary Four Hours at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. It was all about the Capitol riots. Right. And I realized like as there was 20 minutes left and I was just drained of life and like just furious and angry and mad and sad. I was like, what did I think was going to happen? Like, why, <laughs> why, why did I start watching this fuck, these dumbasses? But it's totally like this predates the Capitol riots, obviously. Like this was made before. And it's like it feels like all of those people that were a part of that, but fighting back. Yeah. It, and I think it was just like watching how woefully unprepared they were at the tail end of it. Yeah. Like when it went bad, I was like, oh, this rocks. Like the whole last five minutes of this of this skit, sketch, what segment, whatever you want to call it, it's just so good. Yeah. No, it it's it's funny, it's wild. It's it's got kind of vibes of I, I spoke about it recently on the podcast, but the short film uh Treevenge. I don't know if you guys have watched that yet, but it's it's a masterpiece. It's made by the guy who made uh Jason Jason Eisner. He made Hobo with the shotgun. Um yeah, it's it's absolutely great, but it's got very much the same type of energy. But yeah, and overall, like I don't know, the I think I don't love the ending of the the wraparound, but um yeah, but wait, Boozy, we didn't even get your thoughts on terror yet. No, we haven't. Um, let me just cut in. Well, I will agree with the fact that I this uh, segment goes very much back to the same stylistic vibe as the first two, which is very welcomed <laughs> because it brings me back into I'm supposed to be feeling that 1994 energy. And this is very much it's a. Uh, this is a comment on like the QAnon thing and I like how you mentioned about the the riots on a, on a uh, quick side note Sean Broom our buddy uh, former guest of the show 
his podcast, uh, The Pure Boys, they have a segment where they'll just talk about tweets that Kevin Sorbo, like the old Hercules, yes, have made. That. And they <laughs> they pointed out the fact that during the like riots, he was all about he's like the uprising is happening. And then once it all got shut down, he just deleted all those tweets really fast. So they like to <laughs> they like to, you know, remind him about that. Jesus. Anyway, just talking about this segment, aside from the fact that I, I love that it's just this bunch of yokels running around in the woods. Uh, you could you could tell they don't really know what they're doing. They'll like accidentally point their guns at each other. And shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that they're like bond over like beers and they tell weird stories to each other. It does take a while for the segment to get going. But once it does, I thought the the vampire monster thing was super cool. Um, I like that they all started dropping kind of like minions, like they would just like accidentally shoot each other in the ass and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. It's just it was really fun. And then it ends with a song about dead cops. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly I have to fuck 12. I do have to say that this is a segment that has definitely been a grower, not a shower. The first time for me, I really felt like it dragged on. It wasn't that interesting. And maybe I was just a little bit burnt out. But the second time, third time, you know, just watching it on from there. It's fun. It, it, it is fun. And it, it is kind of a nice, light way to end it. Yeah. And one thing I didn't mention too, once again, direct writer, director, Ryan Prowse, he made the film low life from 2017. And I'm not sure if either of you guys have seen it, but this is like, it's on my list of shame because we played it at the festival in uh, 2017. And I know it was like very highly rated, like people love this movie and it's supposed to be just absolutely bonkers, but it's like a, an action movie with a guy with a luchador mask. Um, it's definitely something that, I'm intending on checking out right away here because I want to fill that blind spot because people seem to love his filmmaking style. And it's cool that he made this really wacky, wild rendition of the thing. <laughs> and yeah, did something a little bit new with the vampire subgenre. Uh -huh. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just think this movie, I'm happy you chose this, Elio, because uh, I probably wouldn't have rewatched it again for a while. But even though I just rewatched it, like I've seen it now twice in the last three or four months really come around on like how much I like this movie. Yeah. Boozy was the main reason why I picked it. I listened oh. to that episode and I was like, Hey, he was right. That was a really good movie. And that's like something we could talk about and have a good conversation about. Like that's, a, I always judge my horror movies on, can I show this to a friend and will they have a good time? Cause I'm a big fan of like showing people movies and having everyone get together and enjoy it. It's a great organic and, experience is showing something or something you love to somebody and they genuinely actually enjoy it. Or something that you yeah. hate and they genuinely love it. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And it's like in the past, I've had it happen with some like good movies, like Velocipaster, my friends love, they thought that was like the funniest movie, but even like um, Hell House LLC. Yeah. Like so good. that's all time favorite for me. And like, I've shown groups of people that movie and they get scared, but more importantly, they have fun with yeah. it. And that's like something with this VHS, especially with the levity of, I, I don't know if every VHS was like this, but I know with 94, I feel like in general, the segments were a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah, than, they totally were. And I, I think that'd be good for a crowd. You know what I mean? You have a movie night, get some popcorn, do a potluck 
it got a bunch of people there that'd be a good yeah, time i think this movie has insane amounts of rewatchability for that fact it's kind of it has that weird jack of all trades like if you want to watch something creepy there's something in there for you if you want to put this on at a party somebody's gonna get something out of this they're gonna maybe just hail ratma which would hail ratma be fantastic you need more people wonder how many times i'm gonna put the hail ratma clip in this episode hail ratma <laughs> not enough is the the true total hail radma i'm gonna put it in every single time that we mention ratma hail radma just like anytime derek mentioned afi i put that davy havoc oh i don't know if you guys <laughs> heard that do you do you think that we could get a full on ratma movie hail radma that'd be great i would love a full-on ratma movie hail radma i would too i think that'd be fantastic i don't know i don't think i would want it yeah, I think we might be getting. Oh, come greedy. on, this is. I feel like it's like Terrifier. I feel like this could be some Terrifier shit where it just blows up and that could be a character and you put it on a fucking mug or whatever. <laughs> but I also want my my Ratma shrouded mystery. Hail Ratma. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like truth. I don't. I don't need the Ratma origin story. No, that's that's true. Either way, great. Great film, really solid anthology movie. One of the best in years. Uh, I'd put it right next to Mortuary Collection and stuff like that. Uh, it breathes some. It was just, it's cool having the VHS franchise back. And I hope, hope this isn't the end. I hope we get VHS two thousand four. Because boy, do I got an idea fun. for that. <laughs> that. I would love to see someone do. Um, but yeah, there's lots. See you. We could see you do it. That would yeah. be great. I would love that. I just need the rights for vitamin c graduation song and i'm set <laughs> oh man i was just thinking about that the other day like yeah. what do you think her set list was like just that and then to just be it back to jared leto that stupid fuck um do you know he broke the guinness book of world records for like touring the same album for the longest amount of time like it just wasn't it like 11 years or something yeah, they just toured the same album over and over and over again i just pictured what, like two it... singles on that fucking thing that's yeah. it it's like from yesterday in the kill and the only reason i know that is because it was forced on me by much music shout out rest in peace all right you guys want to wrap up for the night like uh elio thank you so much for coming on man this was a ton of fun uh it was a great finally being able to talk to you face to face yeah i'm glad i got to hang out with you two without having to fly to canada yeah which i'm sure i'm going to end up doing to go to the saskatoon fantastic film fest eventually oh man you should but that'd be great it's a priority for me that i always want i want to go back every year for that because it's a great festival it's a ton of fun it's a good time yeah bryson came out for one of them and i know he's been wanting to come back ever since uh, and then we can do our updated prom photos me and bryson got prom photos there <laughs> uh but yeah elio where can people follow you and which yeah let's start with that where can people follow you okay so if you're interested in my day-to-day -day bullshit um what is it knife throat new york at twitter i, I love your twitter my twitter is garbage it is ridiculous <laughs> yeah so it's knife throat ny or at knife throat ny i talk a lot about books because i read a lot of books um and a lot of pop punk and music, but you know how it is. Mm -hmm. So Knife Throat NY for the Twitter. Um, Bandcamp, if you ever want to give me money, um, you can download my music, but don't pay money for it. Download it for free if you're going to download it or listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music. Uh, Knifethroat.bandcamp.com. I have a five-song demo on it right now. Um, a single that I recorded was a Chumbawamba cover, and it wasn't the Chumbawamba song that everyone knows. It was one of their folk songs. Whoa. And then a deep I got cut. the two new, 
it's a deep cut and then i got the two new tracks coming out soon so you'll all be able to hear that this episode and then we'll have that and then just the big thing is spotify if you can listen to me on spotify or apple music it goes a long way um i don't really want money or anything for this project literally all i want is on spotify if you ever have over 100 listeners in one month you get related artists and that's my main goal i just want related artists that's all i care yes. about Sounds good. So definitely check it out. Listen to it. Follow me on whatever. Um, glad to talk horror movies, uh, music. And if you follow me on Twitter, I'll probably become friends with you like I did harassing Mitch. And yeah. Hell yeah, man. No. And uh, what song are we going to be playing on the outro here? Um, let's do Jawbreaker. Short, sweet. It's um, a little, it's kind of the single energy. It's a lot of yelling, which is what I'm good at. So yes. Awesome. So this is the one about grinding your teeth and it's Jawbreaker. Yep, grinding your teeth and not giving and people not caring what you have to say. It's not important. Hell yes. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, thanks again, Elio. And uh, we yeah, will see all so of much. y'all next time on the Terror Table. Here is Jawbreaker by Knife Throat. Put it in your butthole. I pop my jaw straight up off the hip. I taste the blood sneaking down my lips. I broke my jaw to hide my thing I wanted you to hear. Maybe it's better that I can't say a word. Maybe it's better if I keep this to myself. Maybe it's better if I don't sing this song. Maybe it's better, but hey, maybe not. Process a method to the madness, hidden meaning deep within the silence. It might be better if we hold quiet.